Well, this is going to be a lot of fun. If you like baseball, you love hearing Whitey Herzog not only tell stories, but also talking about the current game. He pays close attention, knows the stats of all the Cardinal players. They give you their strikeout ratio. It's unbelievable. He's going to be turning 89 coming up later this month, but still follows the game of baseball incredibly close. I wondered if he was ever offered a chance to be the commissioner. He tells a story, a great story, about how he's going to be the National League president, but he didn't want to leave because he said, I can't fish in New York City. Also, what it was like the Don Denkinger call, because we just had the 35th anniversary, and Whitey talking about the friendship that they were able to forge you know, many years later. And the biggest regret of his career, Cardinals have taken a lot of heat for players they let get away, players they've traded away. So I wanted Whitey, who also wore a GM cap for many years, wanted us, uh, him to give us his biggest regret, and he does. Sort of surprised me, not a name that I'd been thinking about. So baseball conversation with the one and only Whitey Herzog about the game today, but also some of his favorite moments throughout his career. Our conversation is presented, as always, by Triad Bank. That's the St. Louis-based bank that was started in 2005. So if you're a business owner, make sure you're talking to them because all of their decisions are made locally. They're in Frontenac on Clayton Road. It's about a block west of Lindbergh, right by the Highway 40 Lindbergh exit, or on the web at triadbanking.com. Appliance discounters, holiday season around the corner. Make sure you check in with them for area locations or on the web. Theappliancediscounters.com might be kind of fun to upgrade some of those items in the kitchen. Maybe a new refrigerator, washer, dryer, you name it. They've got it. GE and Bosch, some of the best items anywhere at the lowest prices. Theappliancediscounters.com. Marie Davila, Senior Living. Speaking of baseball and Whitey's good friend, Red Shandings. Lived for years at Marie de Villa. He was also on the board since 1960, right there at the corner of Clayton and Weidman Road. You can take a virtual tour at mariedevilla.com. And B&G Tuck Pointing, they are the best in the bricks. Mortar repair, foundation caulking. Get online, bgtuckpointing.com. But here it is now, the conversation with the one and only Whitey Herzog. I know you watch the baseball regularly. You keep an eye on all of it. Give me an idea, Whitey Herzog on the couch when Tampa Bay goes out to take their pitcher out of the game the other night. What were what were you thinking when you were watching? Well, I don't understand a lot of it. You know, you have a World Series. Uh, we had a three to one game in the last game, three hours and forty minutes. You had one nine inning, nine inning game uh, over four hours. That was an 8-7 game. Every, every night it seemed like we were in a 15-inning after two hours, two hours and 10 minutes. And I don't understand some of the moves. The uh, uh, World Series was one. It was the fifth day. Uh, kept uh, Kershaw pitch for the Dodgers number one. It was uh, the number one pitcher turn was on the fifth day because he pitched on Saturday. That was on Thursday. He didn't pitch. You're talking about Bueller. Yeah, Bueller. And uh, here we are. They won a World Series and their best pitcher only pitched one game. (laughs) Now, I've always thought when I managed a baseball team, you put your best out there as many times you can. And in uh, with the off days in the World Series, you can get by with three starters or four starters. You don't have to use your fifth guy. I understand that. But by the same token, I know that uh, the Dodger manager had decided, along with his staff, that he wanted uh, 
Bueller for the seventh game if it went seventh. And uh, so we had the sixth game. And you asked me a question I think I better answer. When a guy has got the stuff that he's got and he strikes out the guy from Boston, the first two times on high fastballs, 97, 98 miles an hour, he's got 77 pitches and has given up one hit to the catcher, and that was kind of a flare to center field. And he was winning one nothing with one out and a man on first, and he takes the guy out. Now, I'm not trying to second-guess the manager, but I think, Martin, if I was managing that game, they'd have to score off that guy before I would take him out. Does it drive you crazy? Because right now, there's nothing wrong with computers and stats, but and I'm, in your day, I'm sure towards the end of your career, there was some, a lot of information. I just sense that now it's overdone. They're overthinking it, and instead, shouldn't your eyeballs and your gut play some role? Well, analytics is all right. I mean, my chart in the games, finding out where the balls were hit against my pitchers, that took me about an hour and a half every day after the game the night before. And I got a lot of information, and I had good information on how to play my defense. But when you get into analytics and you start using it for free agent scouting, and everybody's got to be six foot two, 180 pounds, and be able to hit 25 home runs when they get to the big leagues. Well, what happens? How does Ozzie Smith, Eckstein, all these little guys overachievers that for the Red Sox and so forth, they'll never get drafted. They'll never be playing in the minor leagues if that's, if that's the way it should be. And all the young guys, especially infielders and little guys from the Dominican, if they're overachievers and fundamentally know how to get play the game, they won't be playing in the minor leagues. Now baseball's thinking about taking some of the minor league franchise and shortening that up. You know, it's tough for me to sit here and I feel good about it. I don't feel good about it. I think baseball, down the road, people are going to get tired of watching 25 strikeouts for both teams every night. Then you got about five walks for each team in there. So you got, well, you got about 30 35 times every night people go to bat and nothing happens. And uh, my suggestion would be <laughs> we used to have about 270 pitches for a 19 game when I managed, and that was uh, less, about two and a half hour game. Uh, 290 pitches for both teams was close to a three hour game. But every time now when you start checking the pitches, it's a, like 340, 320, very few games now. When you get a well-pitched game on both sides, and what makes it so ironic the other night when uh, he takes a starter out that's given up two hits, there was only five hits in the ball game by both sides, and yet it was still two hours <laughs> some minutes old. So I don't know why. Why is a three-hour one, uh, three-inning, one-nothing game, an hour and fifteen minutes?
Is it the guys at the plate? I've always wondered. Are they putzing around? I mean, what? First of all, it's three and two on every hitter. And it started with the young power pitchers. You don't have the Gred Medics, the Tom Savers, and the Bob Gibsons, guys that work fast and threw strikes and went to three and two. They like to get them out or strike them out. But the big thing is when they got on two, they didn't go to three and two. And what happens today is I think the pitchers do make a lot of good pitches on two and two where the umpires don't ring the hitters up. I think that the umpires also on 3-0 and when a pitch is four inches outside, they call it a strike. He ought to be walked at four pitches, and I has nine to ten pitches on to him. The same thing with the strikeouts. He should have been back on the bench on three pitches, and it ends up nine or ten. Then you listen on the radio, and the announcers say, oh, what a quality at bat. Well, instead of throwing four pitches for a walk and be on first base, and the next hitter up there with a chance for a double play, or the guy should be back on the bench after three pitches, and he ends up getting 10 pitches. And when that happens anywhere from 10 to 20 times a night, that's the reason we have 350, 360 pitches thrown every game. And that's the reason for 715 games going to midnight. When they took Snell out the other night, a lot of people said online, can you imagine if that were Bob Gibson? And I'm thinking, what if it was Joaquin Andar? Either or, give me an idea if you're walking out to that mound in that situation, and it's either Gibson or Andahar, how do you think that would have played out? Well, I, I wondered how in the world did these guys ever get in the World Series? And yet, when I heard uh, the Dodger manager say now that he loves the DH, which we're going to have next year. It's going to be agreed upon after 19, uh, 2021. The DH is going to be in both leagues. And I heard him say after managing these playoffs that he likes it. Well, why do they like it? First of all, with the DH, you don't need a deep bench. You, if you want to, now they're going to raise the... Uh, Rosters of 26 people instead of 25. So then you have two catchers on the bench so you can pitch hit Weeders or whoever your second catcher is. And then you're going to have two infielders, and then you're going to have one extra outfielder because you're using a DH. So that means everybody's going to have at least 14 pitchers on their staff where they can pitch six or seven every night. And two outs, and a guy's throwing, and he got these three hitters out of the bullpen, they'll be changed in the middle of the innings. So I think you're going to see when the DH starts and all the clubs go to that, that every night you come to the ball game, you're going to expect to see a 345-minute game. I'm wondering with... Tony LaRusso possibly going back to the White Sox. By the time this comes out, he may already be their manager again. Could 76-year-old Whitey Herzog have imagined getting back in the dugout? No, I won't get it back. Now. No, I mean, back then, when you were 76, oh, could you have done it? When I was 76, I could have went back. I I just knew I wouldn't find another Gussie, and I was, I was doing well with my pension. Uh, I had nine grandkids, and I got nine, nine grandkids. But at 75, I could have managed. 
Now you can't argue. You don't have to run out in the field and argue with something at second base. All you got to do is say, let's look at that again. I wish it had come 20 years sooner. Maybe we had not lost the World Series in 85. But yeah. Now Tony is stepping into a wonderful spot. Uh, they fired their manager who made the playoffs for the first time in uh, 13 years. The White Sox are, uh, and the Central Division isn't very strong, but the weakest division is the Central Division in the National League. But he's stepping into a place where anybody that takes over the White Sox is going to be the favorite to win the Central Division in the American League. And you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Tony's mind's still sharp, just like, I could do it, but I, I couldn't stand the travel anymore and so forth, and uh, it wouldn't work for me. I, I'm getting up there. I'm going to be 89 next month. But I think Tony's going to be uh, in the playoffs every year with the White Sox for the next 10 years. And because he's been out for almost a decade, do you think that freshens you up a little bit when you sit out for a while? <laughs> no. No. no, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, uh, I wasn't tired of managing, you know, when I when I quit. Uh, I could have, but I was I was wanting to spend more time with my family and uh, watch my kids and grandkids grow up. And uh, I watched them. They were I had eight boys of the nine grandkids, and I wanted to see them play everything they played. And you know, in wintertime were basketball players and. In the fall, they're football players, and in the spring, they're baseball players. And uh, they don't practice. They just say, it's time to start on November 1st for basketball. <laughs> March 1st, you start baseball. Uh, July, sometime, you start football. And uh, I keep telling them, I like to see kids out in the street playing catch. I like to see them play Indian ball, cart ball. But everything's organized today. But I do worry about the analytics that have put in the scouting and people have to be a certain size and a certain weight. And why? Why is a home run stress so much? It's just, you know, contact. We ought to have a minor league that teaches players how to hit with two strikes. The fountains and flags outside invite you in. Once inside, it's obvious what makes Marita Villa so special. It's the people that live there and the people that work there. I know for a fact it's a fun place to visit. Been there many times over the years for special events, and you can tell the residents love it as well. Welcoming atmosphere, providing all types of senior living, independent living, skilled nursing, memory care. Marie de Villa Senior Living, that's what we're talking about. A single location, that means ownership is hands-on. The residents here are considered guests, and trust me, they feel that way. The beautiful grounds make it more of a campus-type atmosphere. I love calling it the Marie de Villa Campus, located at the corner of Clayton and Weidman Road. I guarantee you've driven by there, probably seen the fountains going. Red for October baseball, blue when the Blues are deep into a playoff run. It's a family-owned facility. It's been in business since 1960, and for so many years, it was home to the Cardinals legend, Red Shandings. I encourage you to take a virtual tour or simply to read more about this special place, go to mariedevilla.com. You love sports? Sure. But what you really love is a winning team and a great story. That's exactly what you get with Appliance Discounters. It started with just three employees. One location, three employees. Denise Bradley, her husband John, her brother Tony, that's it. 
more than a decade ago. And for years, you've heard me talking about them. Here's why. My dishwasher, it's a Bosch, the quietest dishwasher on the market. Remember grandma's dishwasher? Always, that's not what's going on with us. We got it at appliance discounters. Our washer, our dryer, our stove, and our refrigerator, and Electrolux. Yes, Killcoins put these babies to the test. During the quarantine, the MVP at our house, the dishwasher, it got a workout. We've got big name brands we're talking about at a great price, St. Charles, Baldwin, Maplewood, South County, and in the city. The best bet, just get online. TheAppliancedischounters.com. Our savings are your savings. And if you're a team like the Cardinals, this year they had the least amount of home runs. Shouldn't they change their approach? I mean, if you can't hit home runs and the Dodgers had more than twice as many, shouldn't you be trying to just spray it or put it in play? Well, I hate to criticize people, but you know, when, when their hitting coach came here that uh, we stole from Houston, and uh, because Houston, uh, you know, had a good lineup and good hitters and less strikeouts, uh, we were supposed to have contact. We were supposed to really put the ball in play and make the t games more exciting. Well, tell me why two years ago that the Cardinal lineup struck out the whole 25-man roster with the pitchers hitting averaged one strikeout every four and a half at bats. And now we have the DH hit this year and we average one strikeout every four or bats. You mean the pitching got that much better this past year? So, I think... Would you teach them, if you were there, would you say, hey guys, we're not a great home run team, let's spray the ball? I mean, is there a way to teach these guys to just put it in play? Well, I signed it. My contract at 17 years old in McAllister, Oklahoma, Yankee Farm Club. If we were two runs down the seventh inning, we took a strike. Everybody. We were taught how to choke up a little bit in the bat and get to the ball a little quicker with a shorter swing with two strikes. I don't mean to become a bunch of Judy. I mean to protect the plate and have better contact. You know, nowadays they're down 5 nothing. And the pitcher, first guy walks, and they have two and on the next hitter. They take a swing at it. They got to make that guy throw a strike. He's, he's struggling. He just threw seven pitches, and six of them were balls. And now he's two and oh, and they don't take a strike. Uh, that's not fundamentally sound baseball. And the teams that put the ball in the play the most, and the teams that hit the best, not necessarily, you know, like Minnesota hit 305 home runs two years ago. They weren't in the World Series. The Milwaukee Brewers, the Cincinnati Reds in the 60s and 50s when I played, they'd hit 220. We won pennants and we played in World Series with 65 home runs. I don't think I had one club I think one year in Kansas City we did hit 100 home runs or 90 some, but I don't think we ever had a, more, a, a club except 1987. We led the league. We were always in the top three in run scored by putting the ball in play and stealing bases. I should say, as we're sitting here taping, the great Aggie from Aggie's Lobby, Aggie Siriati, walking into the Herzog household. 
You mentioned instant replay and the fact they have it now. You wish they had it back then. We just had the anniversary of the Denkinger call. And I said on television, I'm pretty sure over the years, Whitey and Don Denkinger have become friendly and he feels bad about it. Give me an idea how that relationship kind of evolved over the years. Well, I, I managed the American League one year at Texas in the five plus of Kansas City. And Denkinger was a good young umpire. He was very good. I never, and I don't think he ever had to kick me out of the game till the seventh game when we're down 12 nothing. And I told him if he had done his job last night, he wouldn't, we wouldn't be here. And he had to kick me out. But uh, he came to my uh, dinner from my youth foundation, and he gave a very nice speech. And I know when he knew he missed the ball, the call, Uberoth was a, he was a commissioner. He told him after the game he missed the call. And I knew after I had a meeting the next night that we were going to, everybody was down because they knew we shouldn't be out there. And I said to uh, Dick, Rick Hummel and uh, Peter, uh, the guy, Boston writer, oh, yeah, and uh, a couple other writers in my office, I said, it's going to be bad. I said, I, I can tell the, the team just knew we got a world championship taken away from us last night, and it's going to be awful. And that game seemed to be the worst day I've ever been in baseball in my career. But our relationship with Denkinger is good. I'm a very good guy. He came down there. He was a man about it. And he said at that time, am I glad Whitey got elected to the Hall of Fame because not everybody can't blame me now because he's not in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> well, along the way to the World Series in 85, another anniversary that just passed, the Ozzie Smith home run. We've all talked about how unexpected it was. Take me back a little bit as that at bat is happening. Did you have any inkling that he might go deep? Well, on Sunday afternoon, or in the day game and put in the old bush number two, if you hit the ball down the line, it carried. And uh, I didn't, uh, you know, when they asked me about the home run and that he hadn't had a home run in 3,000 uh, at bats left-handed, and, he's, and I know the writers in my office said, did that surprise you? And I said, no, I said, he was due. And they kind of made a joke of it. But the big thing is, if you hit that ball in the air right down the lines, the ball really traveled. I don't know what it was, but old Bush two was a double-deck circular stadium. And he got it up in the air. It hit the back of the wall, I think. but. You know, Go Crazy Folks became a favorite of Jack Buck after that. And it was only two days later then, the Clark home run, which is also a legendary Cardinal home run. You and Tommy Lasorda have joked about that over the years, right? The fact that he wanted to pitch to Clark. Well, the funny thing was that I thank Tommy for the years. We were close friends, and we go to lunch every time he was here at Charlie Gito's, and I was out... Uh, there he'd come by the hotel and he'd pick me up. We'd go to a Chinese restaurant, of one of his favorites for lunch, at least once every series. He'd take Arnold Fatano, I'd take one of my coaches along. and We had a lot of good times together and I'm glad he's still living and so forth. I guess him and I are two of the oldest living guys in the Baseball Hall of Fame now.
But I wondered why he did pitch at Niedenfjahr when the winning run was already on second base, with first base open. It wasn't so much the fact that when I looked at Jack Clark's record against Niedenfjahr, that he really controlled Jack Clark. Jack Clark hit a 220, I think, lifetime against him. And he thought that he could get him out. And I'm sure Tom said, well, be careful. You got first base open. And what happened, Jack hit a home run. So it wasn't so much. I, I think when a guy like IR last year at Houston had a whole season where he didn't walk anybody intentionally. Wait a minute. There are certain instances in a ball game you have to walk the guy intentionally to get a force out at home, to set up the double play instead of facing both your third and fourth place hitter. You know, that's not being setting a record. That's being stupid as far as I'm concerned. You've always had a great baseball mind. Still, you mentioned you're going to be 89, still unbelievably sharp. I feel like for years, especially when you weren't managing, we always said, Oh, he'll be the commissioner one day, or he could be the commissioner. Did anybody ever, did an owner ever suggest that, or did anybody ever call and say, why do, would you want to be the commissioner? Uh, a great commissioner that died that I had my best relationship with was Giamatti. And uh, after that and during I was managing the Cardinals, a lot of umpires and a lot of bigwigs asked if I'd like to be the National League president. And at that time, of course, Chubb Feeney was, and he was going to retire. And I said I, I would be the National League president or consider it if I could live in St. Louis. And they said, well, you'd have to move to New York. I said, no. I, not that I have anything a good place against New York. I mean, it's a great city, great baseball city, great sports town. But there ain't much fish in there, and I just didn't want to live in New York and uh, and do that. So they said, no, we, you can't even be considered if you don't, because that's where the Major League uh, Baseball has this headquarters. Well, I'll be darned, after Bud Selig had been the commissioner for a while, if he didn't move to New York, I mean to Milwaukee. I said, boy, it depends. I mean, baseball changes its mind, just like the Rams moving. I mean, rules don't mean nothing to the owners. Right. <laughs> You're right. Same with the Rams, same with Bud Selig. You're right about that. favors them at the time, that's going to be the new rules. Well, you would have been a great commissioner. I feel like we said that about Bob Costas all the time, too, right? Oh, yeah. I, was it ever real? Was it ever a chance? I thought at one time when Bob was young and very, uh, you know, really a baseball fan, carried that Mickey Mantle card, and I had a lot of interviews with him and he lived in St. Louis here and so forth and I thought because he was very well respected by the owners and he knew the media uh, and also the fact that he was very good with the uh, players. The players all loved him they never ever turned down a well an interview from him. I thought he would be the perfect fit because he knew the game, he was a wonderful fan. Baseball was his favorite sport of all. And with his personality and his intelligence, I thought he'd be an outstanding commissioner. I mean, they never offered it to him, though, no, right? No, no, I don't. He was making so much money. 
Uh, then it, he wouldn't have took the job. <laughs> the best in the bricks. It's more than just a slogan. Why not make your home or garage or chimney look its best by fixing the bricks? That's what B&G Tuck Pointing can do for you. Bricks look their best with proper tuck pointing. Call Rich Galati and his team at 314-363-0525. And by team, of course, we include his daughters, Bella and Gabrielle. Or go online, bgtuckpointing.com. A proud St. Louis-based company that supports the hometown St. Louis Blues. Yes, they love their hockey. Chimney repair, foundation repair, caulking, waterproofing. They do it all. Have you driven around St. Louis? We have a lot of brick buildings. And if they need repair, you know who to call. Consider me among the many satisfied customers. Call 363-0525 or go online bgtuckpointing.com and find out what it means to be the best in the bricks. Uh, if you were going to fix the Cardinals, the current Cardinals, now Colton Wong's not coming back. They're worried about payroll. How, what would you do with this current team? If they're not going to make many changes, I, I don't know who hits leadoff. How would you fix this team without a whole lot of changes? How can you fix it? Well, you know, right now, uh, Martin, I don't know if Ram's not, I mean, if Wong's not coming back. It might be that they want to put Edmund on second base, and it might be Gardner or Young, the best-hitting prospect they have in the minors, plays third base. Gorman, yeah. Yeah, or Gorman. They want to put him over there. That could be, but he hasn't proved himself yet. Wong is a wonderful ball player. If you just put him out there and let him play every day and quit worrying, he ends up hitting 260-70. He's a gold glover. Got as good a range to his right as uh, I've ever seen. And I had some pretty good second baseman in Tommy Herr here. And uh, Frank White in Kansas City probably had more range than any second baseman I've ever seen. But I don't think anybody could go to the right further than Wong. I don't think they could throw by jumping up the air with the army hand. Uh, and I like Ian Edmund. I... He's a ball player. He's in there everything he can play. He's versatile. If the DH comes in and you only got four guys in the bench, he's going to be playing somewhere, but he's so versatile. It's easy to make out of the lineup every day. Right. What else can they do? I mean, they're, most, they're kind of locked in with what they have. Is it changing the approach like we talked about earlier, or is there anything they can do to improve from within? Well, first of all, I don't think a lot's going to be done early. Uh, they got to get over this coronavirus. They got to get where we can pack the stadiums and people can sell tickets. And it's got to be fair to the owners. There ain't going to be no seven inning double headers, but we are going to have the DH. And, uh, you know, if. When you look around, the Cardinals are getting criticized right now for a lot of bad decisions. When you look at the American League home run hitter, you got Boyd. When you look at the National League home run hitter, you got Ozuma. And the fans say, well, he didn't hit 100 RBIs there. Well, wait a minute. He had three weeks, he had two broken fingers. He didn't play. He ends up with 20 home runs and 90 RBIs. And I know he had a bad arm, and he wasn't a gold glover here. But, you know, I mean, 
Boy, he made good contact. He hit more balls hard than any player they had. I'm talking about one hopper's a shortstop, one hopper to the second baseman, and he protected Goldie. And uh, this year, you know, he, I don't know what's going to happen to him now. Is anybody going to give him? I would think that he loves Atlanta. They don't have to give up a, a draft choice now because he went through free agency last year and signed a one-year contract. That I think he'll get a long-term contract and over $20 million. What's fair in terms of critiquing the Cardinals? They've been good for a while. They've been to a ton of postseason games. Fans are restless, though, because four out of five years, it, and they did get in this year, but it hasn't. they haven't felt like a true – World Series contender. They've been playoff contenders. What do you think is a fair critique? Because a lot of teams, Atlanta rarely advances. Minnesota can't win a single playoff game. Cardinals have had a lot of success, but fans well, feel it's no, gotten no, a little... No, no, let's, let's stop. Okay. First of all, the Cardinals have 17 pitchers that can pitch in the big leagues right now. And when the DH starts, they're going to you have 14 pitchers on their roster. So that means they can go five innings with a starter and use one inning, or I don't know why they only use one, because they all got good enough stuff to go through the lineup, for crying out loud. And yet, you say, well, they're in the playoffs. Well, when you water down the playoffs, like now the basketball and, and football does, and you have eight out of 15 teams in the playoffs that are under 500. You know, when I manage, when you finish one game out, you won home. Now, it's a lot easier. Right. And with their pitching and their depth of their pitching, they're going to be in the race. In spite of the fact the home runs, if they could, it ain't the home runs. If they could cut their strikeouts down with some of these young hitters, if, if uh, the center fielder better would cut it down, to one out of six instead of one out of two and a half. He'd hit 280 just with infield hits and putting the ball in play. Everybody on the team outside of Yachty and Wong struck out more than one out of every five at bats. And if you put the ball in play 200 more times a year, you're going to get 50 hits, 50, 60 more hits. And you're going to get a lot more runs. And then if you play fundamentally a little bit, you don't have to steal bases, but they're getting better going from first to third. Quit stopping on bases to ground ball to second, center field and right field. Make up your mind if a ground ball goes through the hole, I'm going to end up on third. Be aggressive like that and use your head. And I always say, be aggressive, but don't be dumb. Let me, let me finish with this, because the Cardinals are getting criticized, too, because of Rosarena, Ozuna, Voight, all these guys that were here. How about for you, one deal that you just always kind of bothered you? Somebody who got away, either you knew they were good or they became good. Was there ever a deal that really haunted you when you saw what they did elsewhere? You know, the worst deal I ever did or the worst decision I ever made, and I had the final say, and I think the coaches caused it. I'm not blaming them because I had to make the final decision was when I released Harper. He was such a good guy on the ball club and a wonderful guy with a great family. And 
when I see him become the number one catcher and is a good hitter, he got the hit in the, in the sixth game that drove him to run the right, World right, Series, right. right. But I released him the next spring, and the, the dumbest thing I ever did, I felt so bad. And I, I had a good feeling. Him and Porter were the greatest two friends in the world. But, uh, you know, a lot of things I had to do, you know, and during the drug times and so forth. But ownership tells you to get rid of people makes you look dumb sometimes. Right. Nothing better than you winning a game and sitting there with Gussie after the game, was there? I mean, did he ever critique your moves, or did he just want to, like, drink beer and laugh? No. Gussie didn't know. You know, I worked for two great Americans, Gussie Bush and Gene Autry, and both of them were in their 80s when I was working for them. Some of them didn't know who the hell their team was. They talk about Musil and Slaughter and Shandies, but they didn't know who the hell was playing. <laughs> but it was fun, wasn't it? All of it was fun. <laughs> yeah. Boy, he really is the best when it comes to storytelling, talking about baseball. I could sit and talk with Whitey Herzog for hours on end. And in fact, when I got up, he said, that ought to do you for a while. You got enough for two damn books, as only, as only Whitey could put it. The Killcoin Conversation, make sure you get subscribed, iTunes, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your normal subscriptions to podcasts, just to, they don't have to be normal, but wherever you get them, get signed up and make sure it's delivered directly to you. Thanks again to our great sponsors, Triad Bank, Marie Devilla, Senior Living, B&G Tuck Pointing, and also Appliance Discounters. I'm Martin Kilcoin. We'll talk to you again soon.